0: Welcome to The Best of 1992 for the Interjections Podcast, The Undiscovered Decade. This is our uh, year-end wrap-up of our uh, favorite films of the year. We do our top five. I've mentioned before, in the past two years, we do something called a board account, which uh, allows us each individually to represent our top five, and then I compile them together and each top film gets five points and so forth down. It's going to be interesting this year. Uh... Before I get into it, I wanted to mention, I have a Christmas gift for us, sort of more for me, editing everything. It's been my desire to have us on all these different platforms, like Podbean or Stitcher or everything else, just by putting it into the RSS. Apparently, this whole time, they've been on everything. I had been meaning to look into putting them on them individually, but I discovered a way that you can link straight to all of them, and through that, I clicked... And saw every episode already there. So, not just on Spotify or YouTube or Apple Podcasts anymore, but literally anywhere you uh, listen to us. Right. So, you could have been on Podbean this whole time and I would have had no idea. Cool. So, as you can see, we're on YouTube and I think that's the thing we've focused on the most. So yeah. We like getting here together for the year-end podcast.
1: and First time we see each other not over Zoom. <coughs> right. Yeah. So...
0: Obviously, that started as part of the pandemic, but uh, it's nice to have a, a recap in person. I yes. think it ended up being a good format. So, mm-hmm. It's uh, actually kind of funny this year. For 1990 and 1991, it was fairly easy to compile our votes because all of us had the same film for number one on all four of our lists. But this year, we had 17 different films between us and mm-hmm. only three repeats. And that meant they were a little too low to even make the list. <laughs> because if you give the number one film on all of our lists five points, they're the top. <laughs> so you all kind of know what's on the list already, so it's not as much of a surprise. But there's a little bit of a thing that I did because of the repeats. So okay. we technically have six films all tied at five points. <laughs> and just because some of our second place films got uh, four points, the honorable mentions include Alien 3. Um, we had... What were the other ones? I had it on the list. Aladdin was my number two. And then uh, Dracula was your number two. So that was one of our uh, <coughs> films that we focused on. So we did give That's out all, a lot of A's this well, year though. Yeah, we all liked them, but it was all kind yeah. of discovery for us. All very... so. I mean,
2: I remember recorders. like <laughs> last year, like we, we did have a lot of films that like that we did recover was on our like list. Yeah. And I think at least for me, I was consciously Avoiding that when I was putting in my movies. Because, like, like, you know, like, let's, we already discussed them, so, like... Sure. I'll pick movies that I, like, know that I liked. Nostalgia plays a factor yeah, in all so, this. Yeah, nostalgia, too.
0: You're supposed to pick stuff that you so. actually like, and I think as we arrive to where we're five, six, seven, eight, we're starting to get films that we'd already seen back right. then, and they're yeah. going to be nostalgia-driven, and yeah, not the ones we're discovering only in the past 12 months, so... right. right. That's probably what's going to happen from now on. We're going to have films that just aren't on there. Like, next year, my favorite film, Jurassic Park, isn't one we're technically going to cover. So I already Spoiler. know that's my number one, but uh, what are we going to do? You can't really help that. Yeah. So we, we talked about those 12 films in their individual episodes. Time so. marches
1: on and waits for no... Yeah. So man,
0: without further ado, and since we're already in the theme... Of Christmas. Uh, I'll start out with our number six film. I have a particular order for what I did, even though we all tied. Uh, I went with my number one film first, The Muppet Christmas Carol, which should come as no surprise. Of course, It's my favorite Christmas film. It just happens to be the film I saw on Christmas in 1992. There's nothing much more to say that we didn't really in the last episode, because we praised Michael Caine, and we talked about the intricacies of adapting A Christmas Carol for a modern audience. You know what we did
3: talk about is the context in which this came out for the Muppets, because they had been dormant for a while. There's a good way. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> was Muppet Treasure Island before this? No, that's 96. Okay, so they had they go through ebbs and flows. There, there'll be like a decade gap in between Muppet properties, and then they'll be revived.
0: Well, the biggest thing in this that I thought you were going to bring up, Jim Henson had died the previous year, Okay. so Brian Henson took over and had guided them towards a different avenue. And they thought, mm-hmm. let's adapt something. Obviously, that sort of works for Disney. They were acquired by Disney in 92 once Jim had died. Right. And so they started making the Muppet Vision 3D down at the park in Florida. They started maybe trying to do a new show. They eventually would bring out the Muppet Show in, I think, 95, 96. I forget exactly what year, but yeah. in the 90s. And so it was a new revival, and they added a couple new characters. They had, as you see in the Muppet Christmas Carol, Gonzo's joined by Rizzo. The, the rat character they were trying to push is one of the main new Muppets. Uh, but it works because they're both sort of Dickens and it guides that film in a way that I don't know if Gonzo, as one of the characters, would have worked as well. He's perfect as Crash yeah. Or not Crash as Dickens. As Dickens. Like, yeah. and, and having yeah. a narrator lead yeah. us lends them a way to adapt the novel without yeah. being too stuffy, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, because the way that he's fascinated by the stuff that goes on, it helps us be fascinated too. And so Michael Caine handles the stuffiness because he's taking it seriously. So I think the two-handedness of Gonzo and Michael Caine make that movie perfect. So, and I think to your point, yeah. it was an ebb and flow, and this was sort of naturally, naturally going to flow up. But I think this was a perfect choice. I yeah, like Mupp- there's a upturn with
3: this, and then around the time of like Muppets in Space, they go back into right. back into the vault. They basically did two adaptations.
0: They come out. And didn't know where to go from there. Right. So, I, I wonder what they could have done differently if they'd adapted something else. Like, like
3: each generation has their own Muppets. Mm-hmm. A series of Muppet movies, TV shows, stuff like that. Like, our parents grew up on the original Muppet movie yeah, from and the TV million. show. Yeah. And then we grew up on stuff like this. And now, the next generation has the one that was kind of like The Office. In 2011,
0: that, yeah. has, that Jason Segel was... Yeah. Uh, well, he was um, in love
2: with I remember when I was a kid, the the Muppet Show was still going. Uh, you no, know, there was repeat. Muppets Tonight. It was happening. Yeah. Muppets Muppets Tonight. Tonight. Muppets yeah. Tonight, Muppet, Muppet Babies That's was real. Yeah, because I do remember there days. was a skit that they made fun of uh, Independence Day when that came out because yeah. they had a, the alien from Independence Day like, so, yeah, as a Muppet. Definitely like, out by '96. So, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely watch the repeats of the Muppet Show and then Muppet, Muppet Babies, Muppet Babies, Muppet Tonight. So, like, sorry, they were they were definitely still going going hard.
0: Uh, they had always wanted to, and I don't know if this is Brian Henson or someone else specifically, but Dave Goles certainly, who played Gonzo, was uh, always hoping to find the origins of Gonzo. They'd always just kind of like laughed it off, like "What are you anyway?" Right. And he he just never really knew. It sort of was a misfire, but the actual discovery of him being an alien is an interesting concept. Didn't just,
2: they like lightly hint at that in the Muppet Babies cartoon? They do like, in the yeah. Muppet movie. Oh. And so... They remember that I could just be inserting... They just don't go enough into it. And I
0: think by going too far into it, it was kind of boring. Like, leave him a little bit of a mystery. Yeah, like,
3: they don't normally do origin stories for any of the characters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and Muppet Movie worked because they just pick people up along the way. Like, they find Rolf in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he's... A dog right. that was abandoned, you know, like yeah. you don't need any backstory. Right? needs like
2: tragic backstory. He, yeah. right. he's probably just just a dog that just like just went into the world and everybody except like like right. yeah, no, it's just, just like Kermit he's there. In he's now he's now just he's playing at a right. bar. Yeah, like to, yeah. you so. don't need
1: it to be like you know Kermit's distantly related to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle right. or something yeah. by some sort of yeah. yeah. I mean Fozzie. Well, that would be an interesting crossover. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Fozzie kind of has an interesting origin story. I mean, it's kind of easy to make him just a stand-up comedian that's failed. Right. It's his whole thing. Man. So. Yeah. But speaking of which, he's perfect as Fezziwig. The name made in the 1800s was perfect for Fozzie. Yeah. No. I don't know if that was ever uh, Jim's intention. I, but would,
1: I feel like there was probably a little bit of inspiration there. Yeah. Like one little nugget that's stuck in the back of his brain. Yeah. Because, you know, Fezziwig's always this, this jovial character. I think it's just this perfect big. synergy. Yeah. Like it's, the
3: way they cast the Muppets in those particular roles, perfect. Yeah,
0: yeah. Kermit obviously has to be Cratchit, and then you have right. Miss Piggy as Miss Cratchit,
1: and then <laughs> Stella and
0: as, as as Marley, as Jacob
1: yep. and Robert Marley.
0: Yeah. Sam Eagle is perfect as the teacher. Yes. He's yeah. the business. Yeah. Um,
1: it's the American one. <laughs> yeah.
0: They also were smart to make a past, a present, and a future, so you don't have like a Muppet is specifically the past, like Rolf or Miss Piggy. Um, so they're unique to this adaptation. Yeah. My favorite part is when Present just can't remember anything because time is going so fast, his memory's just gone. So and he gets slowly grey as you notice yeah. and they don't point it out until suddenly he's white. So it's it's really cool that he's like got a twenty four hour lifespan.
3: Well
1: Perfect for this part perfect the time. It's Christmas time. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, yeah, that's my number one film and right. number six. So, we're going to shift over to Corey and his number one film, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh, perfect.
3: Um, so, David Mamet was pretty much a playwright around this time. So, this is one of the first uh, screenplays he got produced. And um, talk about an ensemble cast. Like, everybody in the cast, everybody points out, like, the uh, Alec Baldwin scene. Yeah, which is made
0: to, for the film, right?
3: Yeah. His, uh, I don't think that role was in the original play. So he comes in and basically corrals all the salesmen together, and it's a speech that's been parodied, copied, done other movies. But um, I'm a big fan of like dialogue. And if you're a fan of dialogue, these Mamet movies are up there with like Sorkin and stuff like that, or like Pinter plays. Um, everything he he writes is literate, but it's also tinged with vulgarity. Mm-hmm. But somehow he makes that into like. A very eloquent prose at the same time. And uh, it's got one of my favorite performances ever in Mm -hmm. the movie, which is uh, Jack Lemon. I remember Jack Lemon giving interviews after the movie. He's like, I read the character on paper and I tried to make him as weaselly as possible so the audience wouldn't like him. But because it's Jack Lemon, he's so inherently lovable, you can't hate him. Even at the end, you're just like, I hope he gets away with this. Yeah. It's funny because the subject matter doesn't sound interesting at all. It's yeah. about a bunch of guys selling real estate, which on paper sounds like it's going to be very boring and dreary. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> but uh, it's weird knowing how the original cast was kind of put aside for some of the cinematic counterparts. Like the Al Pacino role was originally Joe Montana, who's yeah. worked with David Mamet quite a few times. Um, so you can see like this getting a revival every couple of years on Broadway. It's one of those properties that has, like, an instant renewal about it. Yeah. But uh, I love everything about <coughs>
0: it. A little different than Muppet Christmas Carol. So we took a no, little yeah, yeah. We all nosedive into drama. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Muppet
3: Christmas Carol's f- for the whole family. This is more for adults.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is uh, it's a good film. Uh, had you guys seen it? I don't remember what we said in October. What, Glengarry? Yeah.
3: Have you mm. seen the play?
1: I, no, I've never seen I it. I had seen the play. I had not seen the film other than the... One scene that everybody quotes. Oh, right, yeah, right exactly. That, always,
0: always be closing. That would have been Sam Eagle if they did him up with <coughs> of Glen <Gary>. Sure. <laughs> yep. Is Kermit Jack Lemon? Uh, yeah. <laughs> who who would Al Pacino be? Gonzo, I guess. <laughs> you
3: have to take. A <laughs> We're just gonna Gonzo's
0: got to be the uh, Ed Harris character, just in the background of yes. like. Kermit's
3: leaf. definitely got to be Jack Lemon. That's what I mean. right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, that's uh. Pretty good choice for number one for you. Uh, for number four, also obviously tied with the other ones, we have The Last of the Mohicans, which is your number one. Yeah. So, and of course, we we sort like of the last. This, but yeah, we we went for a
2: bit at length, at like what, it's like three four episodes ago? Yeah, it was September. Yeah, September. Yeah, no, like uh, no, I just love the crap out of that movie, and like I said before, like I'll watch it like at least twice a year. Uh, it's a really good movie to just like. Get them dad vibe on. Yeah, that's your dad yeah movie. yeah that's a, my that's my dad yeah. movie and I saw that like when I was like middle school, There's high school. So like that was the one thing that I was just, like, I really dig that movie. Very intense um, for a dad movie
3: though. Yeah, and like it's got war,
2: and it's like it's well, it's a, his, a historical drama. Yeah, and it's a war film, and like the war film, the war bits it's more about violent it, than you would the think. Mo- the war bits is like in the background. It's like not even like in like the focus of the movie, but like it drives it's, drives the story because like part of the history and uh it's just a fun little mini epic before the epic of america
0: i Act. do like talk yeah, about no, trends i do like that it takes place before america you yeah. don't get enough historical stuff about yeah. america before its form so yeah. the fact that i mean the writer of the original novel was alive during that time right or a little after, so a he's little, something he's, like that. his recent history is 1700, so that's what you want to write about. So it's just, I'm glad that we have some stuff to adapt. And it's to. always
2: interesting to see not only like this, like just the dynamics of like you got the American colonists, the French are right there, and like the British Empire, and like the American colonists are like you know, we're part of you, but we're not, so, like, why are you being dicks? Like, what the hell? Like, you're telling us to, like, fight for you, and you're saying that you're doing this for us, and we're just, like, we want to live peaceably. are yeah. just, like, what the hell? Just, yeah. Just Interesting to cool, point era. out that nowadays... And then, like, there's the, also the dynamic of, like, you know, the Native Americans are right. already there, and, like, the last of the Mohicans, like, uh, uh, Hawkeye's, like, adoptive father is, like, I'm the last of my people. This, this it's... You're, you're my legacy now. Yeah. So...
3: Do you think that they would
0: cast Daniel Day-Lewis in that nowadays? Probably not. Well, no, because he is a white man that's adopted by the exactly. American that's why, why so I think so
3: they could get, get away with it still. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. the
0: story that James Fenimore because it's not came a white it's so. not a white savior movie. <coughs> well, the book probably is, right? He no, Cooper well, probably didn't care it, like, about it, white.
2: Savior okay, complex. the thing the thing so, is like who is he saving? He's saving like he's yeah. not saving his father's people they're gone they don't save it's anyone too, it's exactly. too late like, yeah. so where's the white savior right. like he what, what? he's just he himself is trying to survive I'm during a time like, of war and like he's basically yeah. like helping two lost white girls essentially yeah so like Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a movie that promotes male masculinity. Two good girls
1: in a bad situation. <laughs> yeah, two good. Yeah. I
0: mean, looking at this specific film and this one that they adapted of all Cooper's novels about Hawkeye, yeah. it's yeah. hard to underestimate the fact that it's more about Hawkeye in the series. And you're thinking the last Mohicans is him, so you're kind of thrown off Ooh. by the title. Right. So and I then, think if you like adapt last a series, kind of yeah, the that's last Samurai. kind of like the yeah. Last Samurai. If we ever did a thing. Hawkeye yeah, right. series, you'd have other stories because you're following him sure. that aren't like that he's appropriating Native American culture. Yeah. Also, yeah. Another, technically, and
2: another thing, like one of the the, the, the lead villain, uh, uh, I was, forget his name. I, I I always want to say, uh, yeah, Mug, m- not <laughs> <Mug-womp>. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> yeah, every time I just like no, it's like. Mogwai or do. something.
0: No, Mogwai is the thing. Uh, no, no, no. That's, yeah, I know, that's I know, I know saying. it's the best, but, like, I think that when I try to think of his name... When you said it in the episode, you said it right. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so... just like, I don't know Don't why over a... with
2: that. Because okay. <laughs> he had yeah. a screen in front of him. Alright, but, like, uh like he's a villain that you can relate to, that you like. You understand that, like, he's got this, like... He got screwed over royally mm. uh, by just, just basically everyone, and he just wants to wipe out the... uh, uh well, he just wants to wipe out specifically a general that of the British Army and his lineage he like he wants to, like that's his end game that's it yeah. like the the whole war is just his mm-hmm. just his Avenue of accomplishing these goals mm-hmm. so like he's a villain that you're like yeah no you kind of root for but like it's kinda, yeah,
0: it's, it's kind of like little. these these new Marvel anti-heroes yeah. that they're making
2: so he's the he's original like, Marvel root for the yeah <laughs>
0: yeah uh, except so yeah. he does
2: die the villain's death true at the hands of but the last so Mohican the father yeah so like really the hero of the story Hawkeye like he doesn't get the heroic victory
0: no well that's the point so that's that, the I'll other know.
2: thing like, like he's he's the hero like he's our our hero that we're following right. or the main character I should say he's not the hero protagonist because, like, the protagonist because like there's no real hero in it right. really
0: well that's the point because you're supposed to read the series of novels so, uh, yeah, good choice. Yeah, good choice. I uh, <laughs> number three is going to be Jeff's number one film of the year, which actually is the only one we covered in the podcast, uh, Death Becomes Her. Oh. Yeah. So. Did uh, not expect this. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, neither did I. Uh, <laughs> I'm
1: going to be honest, this was the first, I, I hadn't seen the film until we watched it for the podcast, That's and I, you know, I'm a fan of, it was, it was Zemeckis did that, right? Yes. Zemeckis. Yeah, so... Huge Makes fan sense. of Damascus, didn't know, yeah, but I, I didn't he even know that, that was like, Tales the Crypt. Right, exactly. So like, I'm, I'm finding out that one of my favorite directors actually, like for one movie, actually made most of the coolest things from the 90s. Um, but, I don't, I was fascinated with it because like, I like dark comedies and the fact that it, you know, taking the specific approach to the whole immortality uh, plot line, I just like seeing what would happen if these two, you know, entitled women who have been locked in this rivalry for their entire lives had as long as they wanted to, but with like the minor side effect of, yeah, you'll never die, but there's, you know, all of the side effects, um, stemming from that, and the effects obviously were were great. Um, Bruce Willis was incredible. Of, like this is one of my favorite. Right, Performances by
3: him. He yeah,
0: had such good comedic
1: chops. So not yeah, always
3: put up to. I was gonna say because after Moonlighting, he basically just did action movies yeah. after that. Well, so. it's die effect.
0: <coughs> yeah.
1: well, that's what happens when you start losing <coughs> hair. You start doing like more tough guy movies. Go Oh, so I gotta be doing that. more tough guy movies. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I I enjoyed it, and it was just. Like, there were so many good movies from this year that I was going through the list. And I'm like, I don't know what to even, how to narrow this down to five of them. I know. And I'm like, I know that we, we had, you know, there, there was some reverence to this one uh, yeah. going into it. so
0: I actually wanted to ask, I, I want you to say more about it, but I no, was going to was... ask because that made me think of it. Death Becomes Her is obviously your favorite that we covered. Um, I know that it was my third favorite just because I made the whole list of everything I've seen in 92. Yeah. Um, but my favorite was Thunderheart. Uh, can you guys think off the top of your head what might be? Technically, the last of the Mohican might count. What's, a, what's the favorite uh, one of the ones Of the 12 we covered, yeah. That means Dracula. Sure. Yeah, that was in your five. So I don't think you had any in your top five. And my top. Thunderheart Fund, uh, was technically my 10th favorite film year. There were so many good movies. Incidentally,
1: yeah. of the ones we covered, I think I I like Distinguished gentlemen. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Well, then that should really be number good. one. It should
1: be. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't understand the assignment half the time. Okay. I just set up the equipment. You <laughs>
0: actually help make everything make yeah. sense for the board account, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, my favorite
1: that we didn't cover, though, was Fern Gully.
2: Well, uh, yeah, that was, good way yeah. to I,
0: I wanted to talk more about Death Becomes Her, but uh, yeah, we, we did enough in our episode. Uh, is actually our number two. Really? So, this is the reason. It was number two in yours and number five in Jimmy's, which gives it four and one points, which makes it tie with these other ones. Mm. So my thinking was that because they were repeats, I'd rather talk about those. And before we do, I wanted to mention one other honorable mention. We had Batman Returns in two of them, but because they were in fourth and fifth place... They only got like three points. So, the way that yeah. this works, they're technically lower than our second place movies, even. So, oh, obviously, well. we all like Batman Returns. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was my, it might be my favorite theory. Batman movie. Yeah. yeah. So, it's easy. We talked enough about it back in June when it came out. Uh, so, it is worthwhile, but it's the only other one that repeated. So, Batman Returns and Firm Gully, which, if you want to talk a little bit about that, and you, you had it on your list as well. Oh, yeah, no. So. I
1: mean, just, you know, I, I remember it giving me nightmares as a child, but, like, those good nightmares that you want to go... Well, you still want to watch the movie after the fact, even though, you know, Tim Curry as a sludge monster, just terrified you. I, I
2: think, uh, I think uh, 90% of me liking Gully is probably because of the Pavlov effect. Because, hmm. like, in science class, or, like, even through an elementary school, for whatever reason, like, that was the movie that... Got played the most for class, sure. So like you got like a couple hours or a couple days because like forty five minute classes like it would get broken up. Uh, Probably half. Do, yeah. So like so if like the science teacher was out sick, substitute came in, Ferngully, or, or or talk about the fairies. Yeah. Or or like if you're yeah. taking an environmental science class in high school, Ferngully.
0: Uh, I didn't, I never got Wait, this. Wait, really? School.
2: Yeah. I was in your environmental science <laughs> class. We did not Okay, I, I've heard. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, no, maybe, I maybe, think maybe you might, no, yeah, no, 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 no. no, You're not, no. I,
2: maybe not our class, but I've heard other kids in other classes they they brought it up. So I'm thinking, like, because see, the thing is, though, it wouldn't be too far off the mark. Yeah. That's why I'm like, maybe we did watch Firm Gully. Hey, I mean, we probably like just slept. Movie. Like, like, it's legitimately, legitimately, also, also like Pavlov to like that movie because it's like, hey. Get the chill and relax. Between, also,
1: it's a good movie. Between that and Captain Planet, that like sparked my yes. my my little environmentalist. Yeah. Did uh, anyone else know. get
0: Austin Powers in their French class? That's what I had. Wait, really? Yeah. Are, yeah. So we convinced <laughs> Mr. Chirelli. He's retired. French. We convinced our French Mr. teacher that. You're a French teacher with an
2: Italian last <laughs> yeah. name. We
0: convinced our French teacher that Austin Powers had a French character, so therefore he should allow be allowed to be in French and we watched it in French in French class. None <laughs> of them were actually French. We just tricked him into thinking <laughs> there were French people oh. in the movie. We also got to watch Ten Things I Hate About You twice because at one point Joseph Gordon Levitt teaches French to Larissa Olwenek at one point. So we got to watch it in French class, uh, but yeah, Ferngully. I always liked that. Uh, I didn't watch it in any of my classes, but I watched it on wow. HBO. I don't think I saw it. I, I guess I. Have you never seen <laughs> it until now?
3: No, I had seen it before, but uh, you know the sad part is it kind of got buried because of the other movie that Robin Williams did a voice for this year. A lot. So yeah, yeah. In terms of like voice acting, I guess this, well, it, it was better than his live action acting in this year because he did toys.
0: I think it's a good choice to have his number two. Uh, I remember it
3: being real preachy. I don't really remember anything else about it. Yeah. Was I, it a
0: musical? Like I can't remember. But
3: there were like the three songs. I don't remember.
0: Anyway, our number one film, which I think we all at least agree is a pretty good film, uh, is My Cousin Vinny. Nice. Which two of us I think you had on your list.
1: It was on the list. And
0: then I had it on the list. It, it was, was on A list. list. It was so on he, A list. It was his number three, my number four, but it equals five points, so I figured it's on wow. two of our lists. Clearly. So we all had our number one films, yeah, no. on which is there, funny so that you just said that it you would put film. this thing yeah, with a gentleman it. on there. I just and book my book
3: cousin it. Vinny is directed by the same guy, Jonathan Lynn. Exactly. Yeah,
0: so we didn't really talk about it a lot. Just goes to show he's came out. a great comedic director. But it is cool that we have Joe Pesci in our number one film two two of the three years. So apparently, we're Joe Pesci fans. What was the other one? Goodfellas. Goodfellas. All right. In 1990. Yeah. Was he in uh, Terminator Two? No. <laughs> Uh, Imagine Joe. Pesci don't worry, it's not going to happen in a few years.
3: With gone fishing, because the teeth. This, is, this is pretty much it for this Joe Pesci This is it for him.
0: So, but he's got an incredible uh, performance from Marissa Tomei. I think she Won deserves the Oscar. the Oscar. I know they all. Uh, There's a conspiracy theory. Kind of that. laughed about that. Yeah, they say that Jack Palance almost read. Um, uh,
3: I forget who. Yeah, I forget other, who the other probably.
0: person up for something. But was.
3: they they said he pulled like a uh, a done away. Yeah, from.
0: I don't think that's a real conspiracy theory. I think no. I think she deserves the Oscar. Uh the, the big scene where Joe Pesci pulls out her as the wild card to prove that he knows exactly what kind of vehicle it was. And she talks about the tires and everything. You guys have seen it, right? It's on there. Oh god damn it. <laughs> <I've seen it. laughs> I'm just I, here to skew chunks. the data. I've have you not right? even seen it and you put Wait. it on your list? My God. <laughs> oh no, what?
2: This oh so wow, fun. let's start over. Oh wow. Wow, 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 Break wow. We count
1: the votes.
0: I guess Distinguished Gentlemen are our number one <laughs> anyway no. continue with Michael. <laughs> yeah. well somehow my number four film became our number one film uh, <laughs> now so, did we highlight
3: how good Fred Gwynn is in the movie oh Fred Gwynn's amazing because he's normally associated with Herman Munster before this you know but then after this this was like his yeah, biggest. He was, he was the judge right yeah he yeah. was the judge
1: yeah.
0: good you know something
3: <laughs> <good> <laughs> no pardon he's like know. I read the credits
1: yeah
2: <laughs> We gotta oh, watch, we that's watch it after this. I think that's, well, that's yeah, weird because like I, I remember his voice in the movie, and now I'm just like you... oh yeah no okay now I hear the Herman Monster. Yeah 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 because like because like I haven't seen the movie from beginning to end. Yeah, but I've seen like good chunks of the beginning, good chunks yeah. of the middle, and good chunks of the end. So like I know I've sewn it together in my head, but
3: in any just universe he would have broken out from this because he was laboring under the. Uh... The the Herman Munster moniker for years and years and years.
0: Uh, You also don't have such a great film without the uh, co-star from Distinguished Gentleman, Lane Smith, uh, who was... plays the villain, quote-unquote, but he's... He's the prosecutor against uh, Joe Pesci, and it doesn't work if he doesn't play off of him, because he's got that, I'm just a southern country lawyer vibe about him, but he keeps running into Joe Pesci and Marisa Tomei throughout the town, and he's like... A little curious about what's going on there, why they're even here. But he's very
3: cooperative throughout the whole movie, so you can't really dislike him.
0: Yeah, because he doesn't like putting people away that don't deserve it. No, but he's he, just doing he legitimately his job. thought that Ralph Macchio and his friend had done it, had done the crime.
3: Ralph Macchio, who you worked so, with,
0: yeah, Oscar Corona. If anyone's seen that film on Amazon, so. uh so yeah, Ralph Macchio also worked really well. This is probably my favorite thing that he did after the Karate Kid movies because oh, wow. I don't think he did a lot. But my cousin Vinny, yeah.
1: what great a great courtroom film. comedy!
3: What a great
0: number one choice! What a great film. <laughs> Jonathan
3: Lynn does another great courtroom comedy later on with Trial and
0: Error. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the other films I'm trying to think what else we had on our lists. I mean. We talked I about Batman Returns. The player you know, was three. on that list. I don't know if that was on anybody else's list. Play, no. That's the thing. We had 17 separate films. So I already talked about the Fair. three that we covered. Uh, I'm trying to think. I talked about the... I, I had the cutting edge in there. Uh, anything else you had? We
1: had three of your films. We had... I don't know. I liked... If you even well, let's see if I, you I put, actually watched any of them. No, films. I had put El Mariachi on, which I watched years ago, but I like okay. more of the story behind
2: the story. Oh. which is that was the whole... Yeah, because I actually part. like
3: Desperado better than I like El Mariachi.
2: Yeah. Oh.
0: I'm trying to think what else you had.
2: I had it all, baby.
0: <sighs> anyway, why don't we move on to Jeff's uh, <laughs> That's
2: Jeff's
1: Jeff's fun. poster boy. Moving on. Uh, so, let's see how bad I did. Yeah, Jeff,
0: you we
3: know how we did compared to other years?
0: Uh, he, he did uh, pretty well in the beginning of the year but then towards the end he kind of petered off just because I think he was getting a little tired of the games and stuff. I think I think we're making it both a little too hard and we we're also giving of, them two posters. Switch things up.
1: Well, see, well, here's the the other thing, you know. Part of this whole gag started because I just don't watch that many movies. So like, you could show me a poster and be like, I have no idea what this is about. Right. Like, even if it's just a very blatant title, right? Like, I could tell you that. But then we started blurring <clears throat> things and making it even more difficult. And I'm like, right. trying to guess everything. I had
0: too much fun making like Steve Martin and, look like he's a zombie and
1: Jesus. right. But I'm like, and you know it it works but it's definitely like way more challenging than it would i know we're upping the intensity every every as the year goes on i
0: know i'm trying to make it so that you can come up with a film on your own but a lot of the films like even take leap of faith it's just steve martin most of the poster in the foreground and then a little tint off to the side what are you going to come up with but that's like, a, wait that's the that's thing i
2: like main i don't, I don't even think right. you
1: would need to like blur out the face or anything like if you just blur out the title and i just try to guess Based on who's in it. Like, I would genuinely... I don't know. We'll figure it know.
0: out. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll take it back to the basics. The other thing I'm worried yes. about is, as we go on, you're going to start recognizing films. Like, You'll definitely start recognizing
3: it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, 91, that's the
1: other In you had uh,
0: Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. You got that right off the bat. Yeah. But you knew the film. Right. So. And that's
1: but that's why, you know, like I said, as we go on and as I start recognizing more stuff, that's why you keep taking... You never would have thought right. that was an taking iconic taking away clues.
0: Yeah. Like, we did Aladdin. And it's, it's going to be obvious if it's hands holding a lamp right? right you know
1: so
3: sometimes we gotta get alternate posters for some of this stuff right
1: the European release posters right
0: yeah. but then there's stuff like the the one comedy with the baby making what was that term? Frozen, frozen assets frozen assets like you're not you don't know who those two actors are right,
1: right? because
0: they disappeared after 92
1: <laughs> Yeah, there've been so many times where you'd like you'd blur out an actor's face and then you'd unblur it. I'm like, I Doesn't still matter. have no idea what that is. <laughs> so a yeah. couple
0: of times you got points based on like you had someone's hair, like Matthew Broderick out on a limb. You guessed was like interesting. And you're like, based on the hair, that is kind of the haircut they had in '92. So yeah. you got bonus points for that. I think it was fully
1: sure when we didn't see in him, man. Yeah. Was one of the, yeah, he's actually in that, so you yeah. probably
0: thought it was him. Though it was funny that that one specifically. It's supposed to be Brendan Fraser, and it's going along the line. And Of like that, uh, what are they? Call the evolution, it? The, chart. The evolution chart. Evolution yeah. chart. And so you thought it was probably sure, which works technically because he's in because it. he's in the movie. So you kind of got points off of that. I gave you like half points for that one. Um, are, you, are you
1: going to explain the to the to the audience what the scoring system is? Or
0: I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Essentially, it was like one point if you can guess the plots. It was three points if you can guess a better plot. Uh, five points if you guess the correct title, which is always very difficult. Like trespass. Uh, we fed you <coughs> There's a lot of really names ha- trying out to... on a limb because he's hanging out on a limb. So that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um so I give you like half points if we hint at it, like frozen assets. We got you to say it by saying other things. <coughs> and you use context <coughs> clues. So uh if you come up with a better title, I give you seven points though.
2: Mm. So, which didn't Ooh.
0: happen a lot this year, unfortunately. You did a lot better in '91 with that. Unfortunately, Jimmy, you didn't guess as much as we thought you would. There was a no. This of year, up.
2: I think I you only got like ten points. Yeah, uh, uh, no, so some of the more the beginning. Yeah, some some of the posters, some of the me. posters stumped me, and I was like, I didn't I didn't know what to like roll with on. Like, I not which is like, fine. Get, is just I had a hard time like figuring out like how to like try to throw you off and then also figure it out for myself. Yeah.
0: Uh, but he did figure out a couple right off the bat I forget exactly yeah. which ones I there's a couple actors there. he figured out right off the bat on yeah, the show.
3: yeah. yeah. Or he wait do you, you even give me <laughs>
0: points for this shit I did last year you got like 30 points or something <laughs> okay. he got like 60 either way you actually got more points than last year I'm giving you 85 points
1: but also he looked at more posters this year
0: that's true that might have helped
1: yeah because you guys t- doubled it Did we double it the full the whole year? It ended up being the the first two or
3: three
0: there weren't a lot of movies, so it's easier in the beginning of the year to only have one. But it was fun to have two. And even then there was a I think we stumped you by using unlawful entry as a poster boy, just as a lark. But you knew that immediately. So that actually padded your points. But you know, it was just kind of fun.
2: For you guys. It's
0: always fun for us, yeah. So you did very well. But I'm not as hard as it. I said last year it was like 70 or 60 or something out of 100 or 210. I'm not really saying that. You got 85 points out of what you could get. So you're getting better progressively every there
1: year. you go. So. Welcome to Interjection where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah, literally, yeah. I
0: came up with that number about a minute ago. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. He's pulled pull the score yeah. out of the couch. Cushion. There's yeah. literally nothing, there's on, nothing these on these cards, by cards, the way. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing. So, <laughs> so a segment we did last year was uh, we looked at the Oscars specifically because we kind of hold that to the highest standard of awards, of course. Um, It's the one that Hollywood does. So we split up between us. I had each of us choose one category. I handed you the category, so you're supposed to think right now about who you would choose. And then I say who actually won. We're going to start off, though, with Jimmy, and he does Best Screenplay. So if you can think of the movies you liked this year... Who would you give best screenplay? And obviously, screenplay. we're not worried about like adapted or original. Sure. You
2: like you know my answer. It's gonna be. Well, go like, ahead. No, no, no. We'll, we'll switch it up. Like, no, that's it'll fine. be too easy. Bring it up again. Like, it's not
0: a bad adaptation. Uh, yeah, no, it really, isn't. So is that what you want to go with? Class we'll the Mohicans for screenplay.
2: Let me just re- review my th- l- the list in my head, real quick. Damn, I know Because gonna... like Alien Three was on there. Mm-hmm. And then that was. Uh, I'll I add...
3: That really have a script
2: though. No, no, not, it was like I, I enjoyed that movie because I also enjoy that there's two versions, right, and yeah. then also like the the backstory behind it. Yeah, it's so, kind like some permutations when, 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 the production. So whenever I watch it, I'm just like, it's like I don't care. Like it's two I, different movies. This, is, this is a this is a good hot piece of garbage. I like it. the movie too. Oh no, I like it. Like uh, for, for as much like crap that came like that went into it and out of it and just like just, again two different versions. Yeah, I love it. Uh, you know, I guess I will stick with The Last of the Mohicans, because, like... Uh, it is an impeccable so adaptation. it but
0: was not nominated, but the winners were The Crying Game for original screenplay and Howard Den for yeah. adapted, okay. which is a typical choice. You usually had one of those stuffy British affairs.
3: Prestigious. Uh, and
0: The Crying Game was one of the biggest uh, surprises of the year, so... That's because yeah, it
3: has that twist midway through, I'm guessing, is
0: why. Probably. It just wrote a lot of the coattails of that. So Although that's more for casting than I would think than the I screenplay. I mean, Stephen Ray is nominated <laughs> and Jay Davidson was nominated, so exactly. So that's good. The performance, right? Why. So, um, but yeah, one an Oscar for screenplay. Anyway, uh, good choice. Yeah, I think *Les Misérables* is better than these. The other nominees for I'll adapted say. were *Howard's End*, obviously one *Enchanted April*, which is sort of a forgotten gem too. Right. Uh, the player. A River That runs was the through. one I was going to say. That's what you would say for screenplay? If I, yeah, if
3: I had to choose, I would okay. have said the player.
0: A River Runs Through it was nominated, and Scent of a Woman, mm. which won Best Actor. That's right. So uh, that was the winner for Al Pacino in 1992. He was nominated it twice. Yeah, he was nominated for Supporting Actor for Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Right. But also then won for Scent of a Woman. Which. So your other nominees for Best Actor were Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin, Clint Eastwood for Unforgiven, uh, Stephen Ray for The Crying Game, and then Denzel Washington for Malcolm X. See,
3: that was a tough category, too.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of what'
3: I would have taken out of there. Yeah, to put in Jack Lemmon. Jack Lemmon's your choice? Jack Lemmon's my choice, man. For, uh... it's, my, it's probably my favorite performance ever. Wow. Because uh, it's one thing to read on paper that he's... He's supposed to be a uh, good salesman, but he's on hard times. There's a part where he's on the phone trying to, uh, he makes two separate phone calls. One to his daughter who's in the hospital trying to get an update on her. He has one tone on the phone where he's very bereaved and everything. Then he has to make a call to a client and then he puts on his client voice. It's just, it's amazing the, the 180 he does.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should see that.
3: It's such an atypical performance for him.
0: Right? <clears throat> yeah. Great later career. <clears throat>
3: yeah. And it's not easy to do that mammoth dialogue sometimes. It feels unnatural with certain people. It can sound a little stilted. Yeah. But.
0: So yeah, that's a good choice for Best Actor. Uh, I'm going to go over to you, Jeff, for Best Actress. So here are the yeah. five nominees just to jog your memory of who was in anything. Obviously you can make something up that you never even saw. We know who won. Because we know you do that now. I don't care. No, I don't, <laughs> don't really care. Um, so the winner, the winner was Emma Thompson for Howard's End, no. apparently. So good thing I looked this up because I did not remember that.
3: You knew about Marissa uh, Tomei for supporting.
0: The other, yeah, Marissa Tomei won for my cousin Vinny, and Gene Hackman won for Unforgiven. So those are your supporting actors. Um, the other four nominees for best actress were Catherine Deneuve for Indochine, uh, Mary McDonald for Passion Fish, Michelle Pfeiffer for Love Field and Susan Sarandon for Lorenzo's Oil. Did we see any of those? I've seen Indochine. <laughs> I've not heard of any of those. Love Field was a movie by uh, Jonathan Kaplan. I remember we talked about it a little bit when she came oh, up. I'm sure something. they were fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I don't know what to tell you. Catherine Deneuve is good in Indochine. I, can tell I you want that. to see Lorenzo's Oil. I saw that in French class, too. Mm-hmm. Best Actress? Batman? Yeah, maybe. Is that what you want to do?
1: Wait. You're picking the Best, best Actress?
3: Oh,
0: I thought you just well, read them off. That. These are the actual nominees and winners. Who would you, you pick? Could pick? Oh, some who and I pick?
3: Yes, yeah. sir. Well, oh, you really do not no, know how this game This is not
1: post a <laughs> He to, doesn't to, understand the assignments Oh my god, dude. Um, what was that thing that Winona Ryder was in?
0: Uh, Dracula.
1: Yeah, that's the one. That's <laughs> the perfect she oh, yeah. do
0: another movie? No, that's next year. She Mars did Girls. Mermaids Age the year of, before. Age of Innocence is 93. Yeah. See Dracula? Yeah. So Winona wrote it for Dracula. Okay. okay. That's not a bad choice. I always thought
3: she was good, so...
0: Honestly, seeing it this time, I liked her a lot better, so... I can see why people still had problems with Keanu, but not her. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good choice. I have Best Director, so here are the five nominees for that. Clint Eastwood won for Unforgiven. That was his first Oscar. And it was a big deal because then it led him into like this weird Oscar phase where mm-hmm. everything he did he was nominated for and he kept Looking again for Million Dollar Baby kept
3: boxing out Scorsese I know
0: it doesn't make any sense I mean he's great mm-hmm. I think Unforgiven is probably the one he deserved it the most for but you know, debatable. Uh debatable I don't know of his whole career
3: of his whole career he's directed a lot of movies I know I like Perfect a lot world, of his world might be up there
0: too I like I, he did um, Pale Rider did he direct Pale Rider We'll uh, maybe. Yeah, might not. Or have even outlaw Josie Wales, I would. Have picked. He might have. Ad- I forget which Westerns he directed, but I, I would. I probably would pick one of those. Anyway, uh, the other four nominees were Neil Jordan, who won the Oscar for the writing of the Crying Game, but was also no- nominated for directing here. James Ivory for Howard's End. Robert Altman for the Player. Cool. Uh, Martin Brest for Sentiful Woman, which is an outlier because Martin Brest I believe, is known very well. Beverly Hills Cop. <clears throat> Is he the one that did... uh Yeah. His, his career ended in 03 because he made Julie. Yeah. He's still alive. He's around. He's only like... He's yeah, 71, yeah. but his career died 20 years ago because of this... Because that. He's fun. the fall guy for this. He made a really good movie before that. Yeah. Meet Joe Black. Yeah, Meet Joe Black's fine. I like Meet Joe so. Black. It's just a shame because Scent of a Woman is... The direction's good. Yeah. I like him fine. Um Though I... I don't know if this is controversial compared to Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven because I think he like we said has, has done better films but I'd probably pick Rob Reiner for A Few Good Men. That's a, that's a good choice. So it's it's the least <clears throat> likely for him to do because he always does sort of heartwarming things but A Few Good Men sort of exemplifies the 90s dramas for me where it's <clears throat> like he gets this tone that there's a seriousness but it's all sort of hopeful in the end even if there's some dark underbelly that has caused you know what, the drama?
3: I haven't seen the play so I can't say but he opens it up so I don't know how much of that there's certain scenes that take place outdoors that I don't know if they, they should they go to Guantanamo well yeah I was going to so. say when they first introduced the Tom Cruise character he's playing baseball right right I don't know how they would portray that on stage. Maybe, they, maybe they do. Right. But he, I don't even know if he, he opens it up in that. He, it doesn't feel stagey or theatrical when you watch the movie. No. In fact, I didn't know until years later that it was based on a stage play. Exactly. So yeah. it, that's I, why. By that point, I think he does a really good job of doing it.
0: That's why I think Rob Reiner deserves some credit for that film. Like, if you're putting something like, you know, Martin Brest for Sending a Woman*, you can have him in there. I don't know if he won anything for. Uh, like the Golden Globes or whatnot, whatnot, but, you know, I think this is, oh, here we go, for Best Picture, he was nominated for director for the Golden Globes. So he actually got a little bit of credit, but I don't think Clint Eastwood's a bad choice, though. Now, at this point, we usually agree what our, we we don't have to, what would your choice be for Best Picture? I would assume it would be our number ones, (laughs) but you can choose a different thing. The five that were nominated for the actual Oscars were Unforgiven Wins, uh, The Crying Game, a Few Good Men, Howard's End, and Scent of a Woman.
2: So. Oh, I don't know why Unforgiven wasn't on my list. Jesus. I know. I completely <laughs> forgot. That is unforgivable. I was going to say, I can't forgive you for that. Yeah,
1: that is based purely <laughs> on reputation. Oh, wow. Can I, I sub
2: that in on my list? Just take something off?
0: Well, unless it's number one. Oh, I'm
2: pulling yeah.
1: uh,
0: Twizzlers out.
2: Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna, fuel. I'm gonna stick to my guns on Last of the Mohicans.
0: That would be your best picture. Yeah,
2: Can stick to my That's guns. It's fine. I'm looking up the
1: list again.
0: Of your list?
1: No, no, the list Fern? of things that came out in '92. Fern,
0: Fern Gully is
3: better.
1: No, <laughs> honestly, I want to be. No, you, you I
3: was gonna say I was gonna put a controversial <coughs> one in there just to just to spice it up. I am uh, a... Bad Lieutenant. The one we didn't talk about on yeah. your list Yeah, Bad <laughs> Lieutenant. Wow. Which I was hoping when you were gonna say best director and you said it was gonna be a hot take. I thought you were gonna say Abel Ferrara.
0: It's a good choice. I never saw it though, so I can't really say. That's
3: the thing. Harvey Keitel <laughs> would have been like another one. I would have said should have gotten nominated for best director.
0: That's the thing. I can't really tell about the player. I might like the player more for director and picture. Right. So. Under Siege, right? You want to go with Under Siege?
1: I'd probably to with... go with Cool World. Jesus. That was my
0: lowest of all. Actually, there was the other Brad Pitt film that we almost covered. Uh, Johnny Suede? Johnny Swade is my least Which he, film. he did a poster boy for. Him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, shit. Beethoven came out that year? Yes. <laughs> probably. Is that your choice? No.
3: <laughs> See, I could have seen. My Free cousin, cousin ben... Vinny.
0: You're going with my cousin Vinny?
3: Go with my cousin. i at
0: I almost went with my cousin Vinny. I should have held off. We could have had that as best picture. What are you, what are you saying?
3: I was going to say, a few good men seems like it would have been like the front runner. And that under siege... Or... Under... Siege, <laughs> under... Unforgiven just came in. Yeah. Under "Forgiven."
0: Yeah. Okay, so man, I guess a Seagal few... I role. guess a few good men actually wins then. I'm, I'm fine with that. So... Cool.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so those are our picks for uh, best of the year. We have a few good men winning the Oscar, but... We have my cousin Vinny as our number one film, which we all loved and saw for sure. So, were there any uh,
3: trends that you saw? There the were year? actually. Um, we even talked about it on the podcast uh, because of the anniversary. There was two, there was three Columbus movies. One of them wasn't theatrical, but there was two of them, and they were both turgid melodramas, which kind of sanitized the image of Columbus and made him the primary. Uh, Explorer for America Yeah. which, you know nowadays oh, really? <clears throat> a little controversial <laughs> one directed by Ridley Scott oh, yeah. yeah you remember me talking remember about it? this? yes he mutes yes. us when you go on <laughs> yeah, I know he does gets um, his
0: little nap in before poster boy I was yeah, <laughs> yeah I was straight
3: <laughs> I was hoping maybe that one at least would be tolerable but not even with Gerard uh, Depardieu in the main role <laughs> was any good um, there's a lot of erotic thrillers that came out this year. Tawdry erotic thrillers. One of which is at least bearable because of the director, which is uh, Basic Instinct. Oh, sure. Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. And yeah. then we had Whispers in the Dark, <laughs> which made Alan Alda know a villain. Yeah. And then uh, Final Analysis with uh, Richard Gere. So this is kind of like tangentially related to the podcast, but Spirit of Christmas came out. The, the Precursor to South Park. And Frog Baseball premiered this year which was the precursor to Beavis and Butthead which would spawn two big animated series that would eventually go on to have their own big screen
0: adaptations. Which we will probably talk about.
1: Yeah.
0: I've never seen either. Really?
1: Nor have I. Yeah.
0: So maybe they would be good to cover when we get there. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, Con artists were big in the movies this year.
0: Yeah. Distinguished
3: Gentlemen, Distinguished Gentlemen, Leap of Faith which had to come out the same month. And Mo Money. Yeah. So those are the trends I noticed this year.
0: Cool. Yeah, did you uh, learn anything? Did you uh, feel like you saw a lot of actors you liked pop up a lot? or?
1: I mean, I learned that I really need to, once again, watch more of these things. Watch more.
0: Yeah, I never got around to seeing Malcolm X and I really wanted to. How do you feel about this year, Jimmy?
2: Wait, like the year that we're covering, or like 19, this Nineteen ninety two. Okay, yeah, I thought you meant like, like, like this Nineteen ninety-two. Nineteen ninety-two. Um, It was a high year. Like, <laughs> oh my god! But it like was movies, fine. wise, like it was I don't five.
0: It was, it, was, it was five. I got was, some pogs. Actually, pogs are two or no, eight. No, no, Pog, pogs were like, uh, no, I mean, like, right?
2: like no, I mean like ninety-five. Like you know what? That was fine for uh, movies. Like uh, I don't know, there was, there was a few dry months.
0: Actually, June was kind of slight.
2: Yeah. Because
0: it just had Batman Returns and, like, one other big blockbuster, and we barely found something to cover. Yeah.
2: So Yeah, I think that's what, like, stuck out in the <laughs> like, just probably just June.
0: Yeah, it was kind of hard to figure yeah. out that month, at least, but, you know. A uh, lot of driven movies.
3: Yeah. Because they gave, uh, obviously, Tim Burton gets Carpalache yeah. to do whatever he wants with a Batman sequel and mm-hmm. makes it too dark even for, uh, most families. This is no. near Reservoir Dogs also, comes like, out. Not lot of like,
2: animated features either, so like, that's why I threw Porco Rosso on. Part, oh, part, right. the reason,
3: part of the reason you don't like the well, Dracula I, movie yeah. is well, because other... it's basically Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, but they say Bram Stoker's. So it's very author-driven. Yeah. So this is almost... It almost felt like New Hollywood in a way. Yeah. this
0: year, even though it had died. Which is funny because Robert already Alden went past that. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I'm wondering how it'll be in a year or so because we're getting a lot of independent movies coming up soon like Reservoir Dogs but you're gonna have Clerks, Clerks coming out Clerks is coming
3: out Link Later
0: <laughs> yeah was coming up waking, not Waking Life uh, <clears throat> Slacker <clears throat> Slack. uh cool well uh, 92 I think went pretty well I'm very excited about 93 three of my favorite films of all time are in this year uh, so I'm very excited to talk about those even though they're not really hidden gems so uh This will be fun next year when we come around and I just have my nostalgia things. Did they all spawn sequels? sequels? I know two of them did. No.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, one was a historical film. That's my dad movie. (laughs) (laughs) Gods and Generals. Tombstone. It's your tombstone. Anyway, uh, we have a movie already picked out for next January. Uh, It's called Matinee, I think we're going to go with. I think I just decided that for us. We were it was between that and a live. Yeah. How do you feel, exactly. Jeff? Do you want to do a live or matinee?
1: I based on the title <laughs> alone. Dealer's choice.
0: Sounds like Matinee. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about John Goodman a little bit. So ah. and
1: Joe Dante. Yeah.
0: So thank you again for uh, watching us for three straight years. We're already up to forty episodes next month,
1: so Holy Christmas.
0: I'm just happy that we lasted Very this long. long. So it's been a lot of fun to do this. Uh, I appreciate all of you I hope you have a good holiday and actually it's the 30th already so I hope you had a good holiday have a good new year Jimmy uh, will have a drink on you you never know how to end this
1: yeah uh, and so. thanks again <laughs>
2: Wow.